This is the Visionary Collective podcast, helping visionary, purpose-led entrepreneurs and leaders come together to activate their biggest visions and have the unshakable confidence to build a successful and fulfilling life and business that makes a difference in the world. I'm Lisa Mitchell, and I'll be sharing everything you need to create the foundations and growth to build your legacy. You know you are here to do something bigger as part of the Visionary Collective. Hi, and welcome to this episode. So today I am delighted to welcome to the podcast, K-Star. We're talking all about how to live and, and create an extraordinary business, an extraordinary life this month. And Kay certainly has done that. So Kay is an author. She's a presenter. She's an inspirational business coach. She lives on a small island off the west coast of Scotland. She's formerly a psychology graduate. She's an ordained Buddhist minister. She's a businesswoman. She's a social entrepreneur. The list goes on. She's the founder of a life coaching and meditation training academy, Thrivecraft. And she's returned to her native land almost 36 years after 36 years in London, Devon and Cornwall. Having spent the last few years caring for her late husband and also supporting her late sister and mother, Kay is now relaunching her vocation to support business and entrepreneurship via coaching and broadcasting. So there's a lot in that introduction. And we were saying earlier, I, I sometimes feel like I've lived three or four lifetimes. I'm sure it's the same for you. And I know you're going through a big reinvention even as we speak. So just give us a sense of like where you are, where you are. How has it been for you to create this extraordinary life and business or businesses? <laughs> yeah, like you say, businesses, uh, like you say, I'm going through a massive reinvention at the moment. Uh, probably the most uh, acute reinvention of my life, although I've had several from living in Glasgow, being brought up in Glasgow, moving to London, training to become an ordained Buddhist minister, which I'm not anymore, mm. but I, I moved on from that. Moved to Devon, I founded Thrivecraft, I met my then husband, I uh, brought up my son all in Devon, then a little bit in Cornwall running a retreat. And then more recently, I've moved back to Scotland, so that was 36 years down south, and then back here. Mm. To, oh, I don't know if I can show you this. I don't know if you'll be able to see. It sort of feels like I have to show people what it's like oh, here, because yes. it's just like supremely awesome. Beautiful. So, uh Apologies for the a bit of the wibble and the wobble while I reset my camera angle up there, but I just thought that was too good not to show you. So yeah, Absolutely. I am in this marvellous little island and starting again in a sense because I was several years looking after my late husband Paddy while he was poorly and he passed away just over a year ago. And it's taken me a while to reconfigure and ask myself, well, where do I want to go now? And I'm just launching again. And I realise one of the main things I want to pick up on is presenting. Presenting to camera, mm -hmm. presenting to radio, presenting live workshops. Yeah, yeah. So what's it like being back home, as it were? It's absolutely wonderful. I had a, a go on a paddleboard with a, a friend soon after I arrived and fell in and gulped the water and thought, whoa, this is my water, this is my land. <laughs> and it's been absolutely fantastic. It's, it's where my mom moved to latterly, and I had all my holidays here with Paddy as well. And I've lived here now for two years, and just recently my stepfather has passed away, so I've had another little visitation from someone passing, and uh, which has meant I've been clearing my what was my mum in his house and living down here, I've moved down here now. And uh, it just feels like, I feel like I'm really rooted into the earth. I'm really mm. 
where I'm meant to be. And I mm. feel a bit like the prodigal daughter having gone off to London, Devon, Cornwall and gained all this amazing experience and life experience and business experience. And I'm so inspired to bring it back here. It's a fabulous little community and, and, and broader than just this island community. I am so inspired to support entrepreneurship, uh, whether that's social or business. And I have begun, which is really good fun. Yeah. And you and I have connected on social media. We didn't know each other before. Um, but I have to say, I've been really inspired by your posts and the challenges that you've been through with your late husband and different family things happening. And yet in the midst of all this challenge, you've created a new look, a new brand, a new, you know, a new evolution of your career. And I was saying to you earlier that when you look from the outside, people would be like, what, how on earth does that even happen? So just just talk to us a little bit about that process, because I think most people would have been thrown off by one of those events, never mind the sequence of events that you've been through. I was convinced that, because I knew Paddy was ill for quite a long time and I knew he was probably going to pass away fairly soon. And I thought I would probably just curl up in a bowl for three years and maybe write a book or something to recover. But it didn't happen like that. I think partly because uh, we kind of knew what was going on and we kind of prepared and almost like grieved in advance of the event and, and we were both very conscious mm. and it was very well done all parts and very thoroughly done and kind of felt like it was meant to be, the, the timing was meant to be and our, our relationship felt, even though it was an incredible relationship of 20 years, it felt complete, it felt we'd kind of done what we were meant to do in life and obviously we talked about what would happen after he passed Um and so, obviously, at first, it was really crunch. Uh, although, because I think I had had such an intensive caring role, I had actually been a very had living a very very small life. So, part of what happened after he passed and after his funeral and after I got COVID straight after his funeral was that oh I just started to experience a kind of massive rebirth, like whooshing through me of all these things I hadn't been able to do for for years actually and I was just like oh let me out there let me play and uh, I think the other huge and totally unexpected and definitely extraordinary thing that happened was 10 weeks after Paddy passed away I met an amazing new man which is just Ooh. like what didn't expect it wasn't looking for it didn't even think I was remotely ready for it and I mean, I'd been writing in my journal a month before, ooh, maybe, maybe I would think about having a relationship again in maybe a year's time. And I'd actually described the kind of relationship that I might, in a year's time, potentially maybe have. And a month later, I actually met this man. I'd described entirely. And this beautiful mm. man called Robert lives on the neighbouring island. And the connection was just so massive and extraordinary. We couldn't not go along together. But I think one of the extraordinary things about it is the fact that our vocational paths were just completely dovetailing and inspiring mm -hmm. each other. And that's certainly part of what's happened. There's a lot more to tell you about that story, but maybe you want to ask me a, a question in relation to that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it feels, you know, I, I talk a lot about alignment and, you know, having an aligned life and business. And, you know, what, what I feel when you talk about that is it, it's like the level of consciousness that you're holding in this whole experience, you know, which again, 
you know, I don't know if you take that for granted or not, but it's not people's normal experience of experiencing losing somebody and, you know, somebody passing over. But I know that was one of the things that inspired me when I was reading your post was, gosh, this woman is holding this in such a beautiful way, you know, and Paddy too, of course. Um, but the fact that you did that means that you were almost released at the end of it, you know? And I think most people would feel uncomfortable with that in some ways. It's, it, it definitely is a bit unusual. It definitely felt like an unusual death and an unusual funeral and an unusual grieving process almost. And because of the amount of, what you call it, alignment, I think it's, I called it being conscious. It's just that being aware and awake and real, which doesn't mean being all happy, happy all the time by any stretch of the imagination. It means mm. being prepared to really dive deep through the grief and yeah I I feel very blessed and it's something this alignment word that you use that I really relate to also is kind of the central thing that I've always coached in any of my life coaching or business coaching mm. or spiritual coaching um, forums it's about being true it's about being true to ourselves which I know is really really important to you and a lot of yes. people don't know who you truly are, but once you have identified who you truly are, and there are ways to assist people to to find that, then it's having the courage to live with your the courage of your convictions, and mm. and allowing yourself to be taken on a journey of synchronicity and magic and miracles and the path of ease and that things open up and it's not that there's no work involved, but the work is involved in getting oneself aligned and aware and eyes open and willing and courageous to expand. And I think certainly I have gone through in the last, since my meeting Robert in particular, gone through one of the hugest true self realignment processes of my whole life, even though I've done it several times before. Mm. And um, it wasn't until the autumn that I felt ready to start thinking, right, okay, what, how do I want to do my vocation? What brand? What was my brand? And all that kind of thing. Now, as it happens, Robert is has a massive background in advertising. He ran his own advertising agencies. He's now a film producer and a screenwriter, um, but he's got this amazing ability with the branding and he's also got a really keen eye for fashion and style and and art and uh, I just love this old planet and mm. when I started to explore who I was and what I was I allowed him to give his kind of poetic artistic direction into the brand where he was just listening very carefully to what I was describing and we kept finding that I was coming up with the very things that he intuited because he's a very, very intuitive, sensitive, sensing person. And mm. he supported me in the most amazing makeover and rebranding, which he said he just wanted me to express what he saw in me. He described a inner light and he wanted to support me in finding a way of my clothes and hair and all that. And I've always been, having come from a more holistic background, I've always been a bit kind of, oh, I don't want to go all glitzy, brandy, kind of all that kind of thing. However, if I realised what I was doing was expressing myself more truly 
And it was such a stretch because I lived this quiet little Buddhist-y sort of life where you just don't show up like that. And then like 20 Mm. years of that and then 20 years of quiet retreat like life, running Thrive Path, bringing up my son and looking after Paddy because Paddy was poorly practically the whole time I knew him. Very quiet country life. And then suddenly, well, what happened was I realized I want to get in front of the camera again, which is something I started in 2010. And I really love it. And then, you know, I had to sort of leave it behind and I realized that's what I really want to do. So suddenly appearance becomes important again in terms of Mm. communicating myself authentically. And so I just went, right, okay, Robert, I give in, I'll do, I'll do whatever you suggest. And off we went and we got the makeover and the new haircut and um, we got all the photographs taken and the clothes, the wardrobe, and it was Robert's vision that I should wear white and only white. And so since last November, my whole wardrobe has been entirely white and I'm Incredible. just loving it. And I've got old clothes and I never put them on. I just don't feel right, even when I'm slumming around yeah. the house. So it's got to be white tracky to wear a bone. <laughs> so it's been a huge, yeah. a huge um, kind of thing of trust because I was way, 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 way out of my comfort zone at, you know, the yeah. best hairdressers in Glasgow and having this makeover and moving these clothes, having this photo shooting and then I felt like a kind of gawky kind of bambi with all new legs uh it took me a while to kind of grow into it but since I've been doing that I just I walk I walk down the road now or anywhere at home or whatever and I just think yes this is this is me this is more of me mm. than I've ever been then and, and and he was absolutely right in in spotting that so that's part of the extraordinary process I've I've been through. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? I think there's also a new way of being holistic, if you like, of kind of like, okay, I'm going to embrace appearance and fashion and express myself in all these new ways and maybe let go of some of the things from the past of kind of the more around sacrifice and superficiality, if you like, yes. if you see it that way. Yes. But this is really yes. about you coming out and... I have to say, I, you posted a, um, a video on Facebook recently of you dancing in, in your new um, home that you're living in, and the joy just exudes out of you. I was just like, oh my God, I want to be in that living room dancing. And you can literally feel all that joy and effervescence that you're feeling. You know, you bought a sports car, right? Yeah. Or a, a nice car. There's all yes. these like expressions yes. coming out, yes. almost kind of like, do you know what? Why not? Why not enjoy it all? You know, yeah. I mean, the cup. I think that's especially with Buddhism. Uh, it's a bit kind of um, oh, worldly things. Leave them behind. You live a simple life, which is great. And I felt very abundant, and I totally honour that. That's really appropriate. But I realised that I I want to reach more people, and I I just want to play in the whole big world, and I want to enjoy yeah. the whole big world. And it's not that I need to have these things. I mean, I had a I had a nice car and I just suddenly thought, well, actually, I don't live in the countryside. I don't need a four-wheel drive anymore. I don't need to cart my husband and my son around anymore. I could have a two-seater convertible. And, you know, and I just swapped it for the same money that I had, really, So in the car. So uh, it didn't cost me anything, really. But I just thought, again, this expresses me now. And 
why not? Why not while I can enjoy it? And there's nothing more beautiful than driving around an island with the top down. It's just, oh, yeah. it's, it is about joy and you're right. And the dancing is about joy and enjoyment of, yeah. of life and relishing experiences and playing in this big world. I've been in the cloisters for 40 years and suddenly at this stage of my life, I mean, I feel about 35, which is interesting because that was what Robert said. He always felt 35 when we, the first conversation we had, we realised, and he is, he's just, he's exactly the same. He's just got such a zest for life and we're just having such fun. And he's passionate about his vocation as am I, mm. and that's something else we share. And he's he hasn't had explicit experience of all the kind of inner world stuff and meditation and uh, all that side of stuff I'm completely steeped in. So he's discovering all his inner world and he's just completely, whoa, amazed about it all <laughs> and experiencing how to create miracles every day. And, you know, like the, sh the car mm. just showed up like that. It's because they're normally all down in the southeast and I'm up in Scotland and... I said, oh, I really fancy that kind of car. And suddenly there was one in Glasgow and I just said, yeah, we'll go for it. We mm. went, we got a great deal, all happened. Things like that, that kind of uh, hot knife through butter when everything just flows yeah. with ease because you are yeah. in alignment, because you have been careful about and aware and awake about what really does light you up, what really does truly reflect you and communicate you. And and that just, it creates a, a, a life of incredible synchronicities and magic and ease which is mm. partly what i've been teaching all these years so this is the sort of thing that you were teaching in thrivecraft yes very much so yes yes that whole path of ease um in the sense of not punishing yourself or slogging yourself i think we put our effort into the wrong areas sometimes and we think we have to overcome and push through well one of the teachings in thrivecraft was Getting the balance of what I prefer to is having this. So it's not must have when you're pushing, pushing, pushing. And it's not can't have, oh, I can never going to do that. It's finding this way of being bold and courageous in what we want. And at the same time, letting go and letting mm. the universe fill in the details, uh, which is yeah. it can feel like a contradiction because on the one hand, we're being asked to be very very clear and bold but on the other hand where it really works if we are very surrendered and yeah open i think it's open it's about trusting it's about trusting because if you think yeah. about it if you don't trust you push too hard because you don't really believe it's going to happen and if you don't trust you don't even try so that's the, the must have and the can't have but having this yeah. is a state of yeah this this is going to happen i just need to get my ducks in a row and keep my attention on what I want, not on what I don't want, that whole law of attraction thing. And yes. it is definitely an art. I'm not saying it's um, it's simple, but it's, it takes a while to kind of learn it. And I have to keep on practicing because it's easy to kind of fall off uh, the, the havingness magic. But if you do, it's, um, well, it definitely is part of the ingredients of an extraordinary life. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think I was I was talking in the last episode about normal versus extraordinary, you know, and I think about that a lot of kind of, you know, because I've been on both sides of that divide. I've lived the normal life up to my mid-30s and did all the stuff that was expected of me and, you know, was successful and had all the things, you know, and and then realising that I just wasn't fulfilled. 
and that, you know, there was something else. And I, I had no idea at that point. I'd never done any personal development. I had no clue what was out there. But I found myself, but similar to you, I guess, that the more I just connect to what I really want, not from a um, a selfish point of view, but a kind of like, I really, I just know, I get, I get this instinct about things. Like, you know, I've talked about moving to Bournemouth. You know, it made no sense whatsoever to move to Bournemouth. <laughs> and everyone I know was going, uh, you don't know anyone in Bournemouth? Why Bournemouth? How are you going to look after your daughter and also run a business? You don't have any support. And I was saying this to somebody the other day, actually, that I have manifested more support here than I've ever had in my life. You know, we're part of a community yeah. because she goes to a Steiner school. So we're part of a community. People help me out all the time. We've moved to a street where there's a WhatsApp group and everyone helps each other out. I mean, it's just been extraordinary, really. And I, I could never have predicted any of that. I just had to go. I know it's Bournemouth. So we're just going to have to go. Yeah. And even my daughter will say she thought I was crazy. <laughs> She's like, really? Why? Why? What are we doing? But, you know, it's also teaching that, isn't it? I'm sure you've taught your son those principles also. But, and, and also yeah. through the way you're yeah. being, right? That you're teaching him a different way of living life. So it is like red pill, blue pill in some ways, don't you think? Yeah, and I can really relate to that. And I think I've done that. I did that when I was living in Glasgow and I chose to move to London and everybody thought, what? And then when I moved from London to Devon and everybody thought, what? You know, just packed Jamie, age seven, in the back of my Peugeot and off we went. You know, it's um, I, I started again and then even moving to Cornwall for a few years latterly was a bit of a, because I had such a brilliant life in Devon and then moving here to the island. So yes, and I think the, again, I say the effort or the application, let's say, is not so much in the forcing things to happen. It's the getting to the point of that knowing that you're describing. That's the bit that most mm. people don't know how to find that. Mm. Uh, for a while, I used to call inner wisdom coach. Inner wisdom being another name for intuition. Because that wisdom is inside us and everyone can find it and one of the best ways i find is meditation and i have a, a guided meditation called ask your inner wisdom which specifically helps you to find out who you are what you want and get answers to any questions or queries or problems mm. that you have in your life that's that's the bit that i'm so inspired to share and I'm sharing more and more with businesses. Yeah. I've done a lot with businesses in the past. I've, although I was a Buddhist minister, we, we ran businesses. I've, I've helped with social enterprises, projects, community shops and housing co-ops, all that kind of thing. And what really inspires me now, and I think there's a readiness and openness, is to bring all that material, all that intelligence, all that wisdom into the mainstream and this is why it's so fascinating that I've met a man who, like Robert, who's been absolutely in the mainstream, could be more in the mainstream than a mm. TV advertising and now a, a film producer and a, um, a screenwriter. Because I just feel there's a, there's a readiness now to hear about these things. And it's about making our lives more fulfilled. Like you say, so many people yeah. are doing these things and they don't, even if they're successful in some ways, it just doesn't feel like a holistic kind of fulfillment. For me, my balance was that I had been living too small a life and I hadn't been out playing in the big world at, at enough. And, and now I'm saying yes to it. And it's wonderful. Yeah. It just means that I've got a bigger 
opinion field, but for most people, it's the other way around. I, I'm quite exceptional in that I've lived this deep, quiet, happy, fulfilled, extraordinary life, actually, even since a child and my teens, which I kind of left out mm. of my life story because it would have taken too long. And, and everything I've always <laughs> done, I've always worked for myself. You know, I've actually done all that extraordinary bit. Absolutely. And I've had a small, successful group of people that I work with. But now I just, I really want to take that out because like you, I just feel so passionate about helping people live a holistically fulfilled and extraordinary life in their work, their relationships and in everything else. And, and love and relationship is another area I'm really, really interested in. And I, I think I will be doing some I used to run a course called Get Ready for Love. I think I'll be reinventing that as well. And um, mm. because there's nothing amazing partner to share your life with, it's just fabulous. Yes. And you and I have talked about this subject, haven't we? Because, you know, obviously you had that big love affair with Paddy and somebody else has come into your life in a completely unexpected way. And you and I had this conversation, didn't we, recently? And I said, I think this person's coming for me. And then lo and behold, he has appeared. So, <laughs> And it was funny because I was talking to a friend of mine today and she said, and I said, oh yeah, he just kind of, and I always said he sort of randomly appeared. And then I caught myself and I was like, mm, that's not quite true. And she said, no, you've been manifesting him for ages. Like you set that intention mm. a long time ago and you've been on that journey of, you know, and I've had different relationships that have taught me different things and prepared me for the relationship that I'm now moving into. So it's interesting that you and I have all these connections, isn't it? And I, I agree with you. I think that that ability to love truly and create that connection is extraordinary in itself, isn't it? And not again, not something that many people or not something that everybody experiences. I think it's about getting to the point where we really genuinely, truly, 100% are saying yes to something. I think sometimes we think we want something, but there's a part of us still saying no to it because of our fears, our bad experience, or whatever it is. And it takes a bit of time just to work through those layers. Because when you said to me, I think I'm ready to meet someone, I could so feel that he was there. Because I could feel your readiness, I could feel your alignment to use that word again your openness mm. and that you had done whatever reflection you needed to do to prepare yourself for that and and you know it takes a bit of an art because a lot of these things are unconscious or semi-conscious or the the kind of old beliefs that yes. we're not even aware of or old hearts or whatever and they all need this space so they need to be included in the equation and released or whatever uh, and then you can just sort of feel that kind of juiciness you know when the time is ready and it's the same with people attracting money it's the same with people attracting the work that they want to do or the book deal or the or the relationship whatever it is actually the same craft and one of the first workshops actually is just gone the 20th anniversary of Thrivecraft which uh, started on the, uh, the 1st of May 2003 and then in 10 years ago, in 2013, I launched an academy and we started with a workshop called Say Yes to Abundance. So it's very much about mm. saying yes, like I've just described, uh, learning how to say yes to things, identifying what you want, learning how to say yes to it, and then allowing them, allowing them to be received, which is another step. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So tell us about this new iteration. Tell us about K-Star TV. Sure. Um, so 
interesting about my name because K-Star is actually a new name as well because I had my married name with Paddy and then I had my brand name previously which felt old and then when I came to Scotland everybody in my family has always called me Kay, my middle name and I was known by it for a long time so I felt like I needed a new brand and a new name and I just I think it was the day after I had scattered the last of Paddy's ashes in September, just after our what would have been our wedding anniversary. I just woke up one day. I think I had a dream. Yeah, I had a dream that my name was King Star. And that was it. I just woke up and said, right, I'm K-Star. So I'm, I've actually changed it legally to K-Star now. And I love it. I mean, it's just, it's so simple. There was actually a, a, a singer called K-Star, but... Um, Anyway, I, I love my name. So K-Star is part of the the new iteration, like you say, and the, the makeover and the clothes and the hair and all that also. In a way, I'm still discovering what that iteration is because I was kind of launching. Then there was all the, the makeover and the, re, the kind of rebranding. And then my stepfather passed away and then I've been moving house. And, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of, I've been going, then it was the anniversary of Paddy's passing and all that. So I've been going through, you know, all this time, I'm not saying it's all been happy, happy. I've I've been grieving properly, yeah. grieving. In fact, even just the last two days, I'm all heartbreaky and crying my eyes out. And it could just come upon you and you, I'm just like paralyzed and can't do anything. And so it's taken me a long while to get there. But one of the things I'm going to be doing is I'm going to start a chat show with the local t um, radio station here on the island. I was feeling, yeah, I really want to broadcast and then discovered they have this wee radio station and they want to do, um, they want new presenters. So my inspiration is to tell stories. It's the kind of journalist in me. I nearly studied journalism instead of psychology yeah. uh, when I went to uni. And I just love talking to people, finding out what makes them tick. And I'm particularly interested to explore the stories of people who are making a success of something or who are bringing something new. Mm. And there's quite a few new projects on the island. We've got um, government funding by the Scottish government to become carbon neutral by 2040. And there's all sorts of investment in ideas about how we do that here on this island as a sort of test case and an example to be shared with other places, for example. So there are things like that, projects like that. And then there are just lovely business people who are inspired about their wonderful restaurant or whatever it is. And I want to help them in as much as I want to coach them. I've actually, I actually won a grant mm. to do some of this work in March. And I was one-to-one -one coaching a few businesses and I ran a workshop called Money Making Mindset, which is about, it's kind of like say yes to abundance for business really. And teaching some of these things I've just, just been describing about how to align yourself, how to be bold, mm. how to ask and how to receive. So it's a hybrid at the moment of presenting and, and coaching. And one of the things, one of the reasons I want mm. to also present is because a lot of people are afraid to show up and I want to help encourage them to show up to speak on camera or radio and to get the message out there so that more people know about them and just lift the profile of everybody and tell the stories of everybody yeah. and, and inspire people and encourage more people to do that. And ultimately I'm 
crafting a offering for mainstream television. I want to uh, present a TV program doing something like that uh, to do with, yeah. it's probably kind of Dragon's Den meets Paul McKenna type um, reality show. <laughs> I love that so <laughs> Robert's, Robert's amazing help because he's got the contacts in the industry and and all that. Um, that's what I'll be doing as well. I'll be pitching. Basically, I'll be pitching to a mainstream TV as well. But in learning how to be a TV presenter as well, because although I've done lots to video and lots of live workshops and I, I you know, given talks and all that kind of thing, I, um, yeah, obviously need to learn my craft a little bit. So that's part yeah. of what the new iteration is, but I don't quite know exactly how it's all going to work out yet. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's interesting because I feel the same, you know, working in, you know, mainstream business and also with a lot of entrepreneurs and what I call visionary entrepreneurs is that I, I feel the same, that the world is ready for the change, right? And, you know, I was going into business talking about energy, like, you know, 15 years ago and, and, and couching it in a certain way that people could hear it, you know. But I feel like now <laughs> when I talk to people, there are so many more conscious people out there and they want to be able to do things differently and they understand that we need to create a, a sort of bond between people in a different way, you know? And you've done a lot around community, haven't you? And bringing people together and, you know, creating movements really, haven't you, in your in your life? And I feel like we're ready for a new sense of community, a new movement, a new, you know, hopefully the tipping point where what we're talking about becomes the norm, you know? Yes, yes, yes. I know we've talked before and we definitely share that that feeling and that passion. And um, uh, I think that's when we connected, I think it was in January or so, um, about the potential of doing this podcast. Yeah, that was that was what was inspiring us. I, I, love, I love your work and I love what you share. And actually, one of the things I also want to do is um, launch a podcast. Uh, so I'll probably be asking you, how did you do it, Lisa? <laughs> At some point, yeah, in, in conjunction with the new one on the TV. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing that I'm conscious of as we talk is, you know, people often say to me, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm like, most people are slowing down at your age. You know, I'm 54 and, you know, I, I'm conscious that people talk to me and I'm like, God, I feel like I'm just getting going, you know, and I'm working with so, quite a lot of big yeah. entrepreneurs who have already been successful um, and maybe in their 50s and yes. 60s, but are kind of like, oh God, I don't feel like I've done anything yet. I feel like I'm there's a legacy to be created. There's a new wave of what I'm doing in the world. And I love that. And I feel like it's so unusual in, in you know, the old sense, you know, in a, even going back a couple of generations, it wouldn't be true. But I feel like there's a whole yeah. generation of people being inspired to create a legacy, you know, and particularly women who can, you know, you know, potentially become a bit invisible at this age. There's people like you and I going, uh-uh. Yes. No invisibility for us. Uh, you know? I'm giving sports car, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's why no, I love your I, videos. I, I, you dancing I feel and, like... you know, dancing and singing and yeah, go on. <laughs> I, I was just saying that, that, yeah, I just feel like I'm coming into my prime now. I'm 59. I turned mm. 59 in uh, February. And uh, especially this, and it's, it's extraordinary archetypally what I've been, what I've done. I've come back to my homeland. I'm living in what was my mum's house. I've just gone through clearing her whole house out, including all things from my childhood. I've just gone through clearing out the flat above because I was living in the wee holiday flat above 
while my stepdad was still alive and he passed away in January. And I've just cleared out all of that and I've stripped it back. It was just about nothing in here. <laughs> I mean, I'm beginning to um, repopulate it with a few new things, but it's it's been such an emotional process. I've been um, saying mm -hmm. farewell to my mom, to my dad, to my grand, to my sister, to Paddy, to my stepdad, um, and my old life. And I've been really quite vigorous about it. It's like there's not much left from the past. And I just feel like I'm, I've never done such deep and it's been emotional. It's not just been the practical level. Every, mm -hmm. It's all needed time. It's all needed space. It's all needed honouring. And I feel like there's foundations in me are so strong now in terms of this alignment. And, mm. and I'm now... Living in the house I'm meant to be living, in the country that I'm meant to be in, and I'm about to, my life's about to begin. So I want at least another 40 years on <laughs> doing this. Um, and again, yeah. Robert is exactly the same. He's just, and you know, luckily in, in the TV industry and the film industry, actually, that it, people are often working in their 80s or even 90s or whatever. So yeah, we both just feel like we are, we are. We keep saying we're not even 35 year olds. We think we're 17 and a half each. So we're like a pair of teenagers. And, <laughs> well, um, I, I should, I should show you the birthday cake that my, my daughter made me. Yeah, my, my daughter made me a birthday cake last year. And she said, do you want your, your which age do you want on it? And I said, my actual age. So it's got 37 on it because that's kind of like how I feel. <laughs> like, so she actually made me a birthday cake with the numbers 37 on it. I was like, yes, I can go with that. Thank oh, you. Oh, there you see. So what's your, if you were going to give us a couple of tips just to finish, Kay, on how to create this extraordinary life, how to, you know, for people that are kind of like, you know, I, I really resonate with it. And where do I begin? What would you say to them? Well, take some time out just to consider it. One of the exercises that's very typical to any life coaching program, and certainly the Thrivecraft one, is we do something called the ideal life, where we just take some time to dream into what would be absolutely fabulous. So is this not what you think is possible, mm. not what you think is viable, um, but if you had a magic wand, have a right good fantasy yeah. and be bold and be as kind of outrageous or as modest as you want to be or as contradictory. It doesn't even need to make all logical sense, but just think about all the areas of your life, your relationship, your work, your... Um, leisure time, your health, your family, everything, friends, social life, hobbies, interests, and write about your life as though it was already happening, as though it was already mm. ideal, and you write it in the present tense. So you say, my life, you know, I wake up next to my bronzed god, and <laughs> you know, whatever it is, um, and describe this life as though it's actually happening now and one of the tricks to this is to write it in entirely positive language so you're not saying yeah and it's not raining you're saying and it's beautiful sunny weather mm, mm. um and just really enjoy that 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 could be a really lovely process and just the act of doing that is like a kind of ceremony of declaration a bit like i mentioned i'd accidentally written a few lines in my journal a month before I met Robert, saying, oh, I might be ready for a relationship, maybe in a year. Uh, that bit the universe didn't listen to just <laughs> gave me a much bigger. But <laughs> what I did write was, 
I love him to I I love him to love his vocation, have a healthy regard for his body. Um, um, to I can't remember, but you know these kind of and I I described him entirely just in a few sentences, mm. and I am convinced, and I did do that process by the way way back before I met Paddy also. I was going through a similar thing and uh, I wrote, I read The Invitation by Raya Mountain Dreamer and I uh, wrote a chapter about what I longed for and I basically described Paddy exactly back then as well. So, mm. yeah, it's a really powerful thing to do. It might sound simple or too obvious, but I think we really actually give ourselves time to really and and don't don't really have to share with anyone. This is deeply private, so you can be as specific about things that really matter to you without having to justify it to anybody or get anyone's approval. So just do it as a really private thing, just between you and the universe. And yeah. if you want to know what you do next, talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, you know, I, and I totally agree with you. And it, it's funny because I work a lot with business people. The first thing I'm really uncovering is what they want, you know. And and you know, I use the word desire a lot, and I use that word very yes. consciously because people don't really think. Like, what do you mean? What do I desire? I mean, you know, what do I want or what do I need? I can kind of deal with that. What do I desire is a whole other ball game, right? And, you know, that's what people often say to me is, gosh, I never, nobody asked me these questions. I never think about it. I never connect with what I, you know, the things that I really desire that maybe I've told myself I can't have, you know, but I yes. think those desires have a resonance that is, that, that is the magic, you know, it's those things that you go, yes. well, I, I said a, a while ago, I, I want to feel like my life is like being on holiday all the time. And I really do feel that in Bournemouth. You know, I walk on the beach and I think, gosh, some people only do this for their two-week holiday and I get to do it every day. This is extraordinary to me. Yes. <laughs> you know, or I have a connection with my clients that's, you know, above and beyond a business relationship. They love me and I love them. And that's extraordinary to me. So the other thing I was saying in the in the sort of the episode I recorded was, you know, to create your own unique version of extraordinary. You know, my version is very different to yours and we have our, our yes. similarities and our pieces that we connect on, right? But it's very different. So not that homogenized kind of um Instagram perfect version, you know, but what you desire yes. because just because be you very do modest, you know. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, your version of fabulous could be you know, whatever. You don't have to justify it. Yeah. 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 Well, it's been so lovely to chat to you, Kay, and I'm really pleased that we had the opportunity to do this. I, I think I should come and see you in Scotland, by the way. I, I'm, <laughs> I've been feeling that as we talk, so I would really love to come to Scotland. So maybe we'll we'll meet up in real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thank you for your time and we wish you all the best with your new evolution, your new life. And I, I'm sure that you're going to create a massive impact in the world moving forward. And we'll also put a link to your meditation on here if people want to access that that's a really oh, lovely good thing idea. for people to yeah. sort of experience your work yeah thank you so much Kay thank you for listening to the Visionary Collective podcast with Lisa Mitchell if you want to be part of this exciting bigger movement come and join other amazing visionary purpose-led entrepreneurs in my free Facebook group the Visionary Collective